and um, on today. All right, and uh, that's going to be our primary scripture. And uh, but before we uh, go there, I'm going to mention a few other scriptures that we lead up to the book of Deuteronomy. Is that all right? All right. As we begin, we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to be talking about eagles on today. Somebody say eagles. And I'm not talking about the football team. Uh, was that Philadelphia? That, that's not the eagles I'm talking about today. The Bible has a great deal uh, to say about eagles. And in Isaiah 40 and 31, uh, it tells us there, but those who wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. It's interesting that God uses the analogy of an eagle. Uh, Bible also says over in uh, Psalms 103 and 5, amen, it says, so thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. So thy youth is renewed. The eagle goes through a molting process over the span of its life. And, and there's some times that if you would catch that eagle when it's in the middle of a molting situation where its feathers are uh, coming out and it looks in bad shape. But, amen, uh, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're catching it at amen, that, that, that stage when uh, it looks its worst, but uh, it's not going to, that, that stage don't stay. That stage comes to bad. And uh, so he says, so thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Anybody in here got a little age on them that, amen, wouldn't mind being renewed? Hallelujah. There's some there, there's some times when uh, I'm particularly you know having to do some physical labor and some intensive things that I have to do, and it it it, it you know and, and one of the things that I've noticed as I've got older, I'll have a list of what I plan on doing. Anybody with me? And I say I'm going to do this 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 this, and I get in the middle of it and I do this and this and this. And when I look at the other, this, 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 I'm like, can't do it. Can't do it. And sometimes after doing this, this, and this, I feel so bad, so tired, so worn in my body that I start dragging. But I thank God that he has enabled me that if I can get a little rest, if I can get a little rest, the next morning, Amen. My strength has been renewed. And I'm ready to face the world again. Thank God. Everybody, everybody don't have that testimony. There's some people that they feel worn out all the time. So it says that, so thy strength is renewed like an eagle. And uh, there's another one that says over in uh, uh, Psalms 91 and 4, he will cover thee with his flesh, with his feathers. And under his wings shalt thou trust. Hallelujah. He will cover thee 
with his feathers and under thy wings thou will trust. Uh, book of Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 17 and 3 that the eagle is a large bird. And most of us that have ever seen eagles, we know that they grow to be large birds. 2 Samuel 1 and 23 talks about the swiftness of an eagle. Amen. The swiftness of an eagle. How, how, how quickly, how fast they can fly. Uh, Jeremiah tells us that it builds its nest in the lofty rocks or high up in the trees. Job tells us that they have keen eyesight and can see great distances. Amen. Talking about the eagle. And uh, as I alluded to, amen, but we're going to focus in on, it's a short passage, but it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible that speaks about an eagle. And uh, in Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, and the 11th and 12th verse, and, and, and I want to talk about, amen, as I said, it's, it's two short verses in a long chapter. And in the 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy is known as the Song of Moses. The 32nd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy was Moses' last address to the children of Israel before he died. The song of Moses. And Moses was talking to the generation of the children of Israel that had survived 40 days in the wilderness. When their, uh, their four parents who uh, did not believe God and, 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 and did not uh, go into the promised land and, 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 and they wandered in the desert for 40 years until uh, almost an entire generation had died. And this was the uh, second generation that was getting ready to go into the promised land, to inherit the promised land. And Moses was giving his final address. Why it's called the Song of Moses. And in Deuteronomy 32 and 11 says, like an eagle, that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them and bearing them on its pinions. The Lord alone guided him, and no foreign war of God was with him. May the Lord have a blessing to the hearing and the reading of his word. And so what I want to talk to you about on today is I want to speak from the subject like an eagle stirs his nest. Can you say that with me? Like an eagle stirs his nest. Hallelujah. And I believe God's going to, amen, not only speak to me, it is speaking to me, but I believe God's going to speak to you as we, amen, uh, talk about like an eagle stirs his nest. Now, the first question that comes to my mind uh, from that subject is, why does God stir up our nets? Why the stirring? Can you say that? Amen. Why the stirring? Why the stirring? 
Well, let's examine it. I believe that uh, the reason God stirs up his nets is to move us out of, amen, the state of apathy. You all know what apathy is, where you get to the point to where, you know, you can get to the point to where the same old, same old is going on and you lose interest, you lose excitement, you lose energy, and you just get to the point to where, you know, whatever will be, will be. Hey, Sarah, Sarah. I don't care if I do, I don't care if I don't. Apathy. And how many of you know that as believers, as Christians, when we get, if we get, or uh, if we allow to stay in a state of apathy, that's detrimental. Not only is it detrimental, amen, it could be, uh, uh, it could be fatal. That's why Jesus in the book of Revelation said, I, I, I wouldn't be hot or cold. If you are lukewarm, you make my stomach sick and I scream you out of my mouth. See, some of us, we think that, well, I, I, I ain't so bad. I, I'm not on fire for God. But I'm not as bad as some of the sinners in the world. And so I, I, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. No, you're lukewarm. You're at ease in Zion. Yes. And that is a dangerous place to live. And so one of the reasons why God stirs our nest is to move us out of the state of Africa. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the comfort of the nest. Amen. Let's talk about the comfort of the nest. You see, the comfort of the nest the nest is the young eagle's, young eagle's world. We're talking about a, a mother eagle that has laid eggs in a nest, and the father is there, and uh, the, uh, the, the young eaglets are there in the comfort of the nest. That's their world. Uh, great care goes into the building of the nest. The nest can take up to six weeks to build over five feet in diameter. It can weigh up to 2,000 pounds. Made of a variety of materials and sticks. On the inside of the nest, uh, it's covered with soft grass and hides and furs from dead animals that the eagle has uh, placed there uh, to comfort her young, to soften the nest. It's built, amen, as high as sometimes 75, 75 feet high uh, in the trees or it can be built on the outcroppings of, uh, of, of the mountain, of the rocks, and uh, in order to gain a better view of the, of the area. The comfort of the nest. So great care goes into the building of the nest. Now, not only do we want to consider the comfort of the nest, but we also want to consider the challenge of change. Say that with me, the challenge of change. A lot of us don't like to change. A lot of us are not comfortable with change. And, and I want you to know, as the analogy, as I talk about the eaglets, the young baby eagles, I'm also talking about us. Yes. 
A lot of us don't like the challenge of change. But let me let you in on a little secret. Eagles were not created to stay in comfortableness. You all hear what I say? Amen. God did not create us to stay in comfortableness. As the eagle matures, and at a certain point, uh, the mother begins to what is called stir the nest. How does she do it? Well, she does it by removing the soft grass and fur and exposing the rough sticks and the bramble beneath. She usually does this over a period of time on the inside of the nest first, trying to get the eagles to move to the edge. The mother, the mother knows that there is danger in staying in the nest too long. I want to repeat that again. The mother knows that there is danger in staying in the nest too long because winter is coming. Now, there's some applications that we can make from that. Uh, you see, eagles were not uh, made to stay in a comfortable nest. We, like eagles, were created to mount up on wings and fly. Nests were created for nurturing, but not abiding. Somebody needs me to hear that. What did, it, what did I just say? Nests were created for nurturing, but not abiding. You see, we have a tendency to grow comfortable in our nest. And there is a danger in staying in the nest too long. There's a scripture over in Micah uh, that I'd like to quote for you. Uh, it's found in Micah 2 and 10. And I'm reading the English Standard Version of it, and it says in Micah 2 and 10, Arise and go, for this is no place to rest. Because of uncleanness that destroys with the grievous destruction. How many know you can stay in the nest too long? And what once nourished you will begin to pollute you. There's a danger. Amen. In resisting the challenge of change. Hallelujah. God often stirs our nests, making us uncomfortable to prepare us for the flight. And one of the one of the things that I've observed in my life, that's that's how God gets me to move. That's how God gets me to move. He makes me uncomfortable where I am. And, and, and I got to thinking about it, and I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but I, I started thinking about it and over in the book of uh, Exodus. In the book of Exodus, in the first chapter, there, in Exodus 1 and 8, it says that, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. 
there arose a new king, a new pharaoh over Egypt who did not know Joseph. You, you all know who Joseph is, right? And, and I, I began to think about it and I, and, and I thought about it. You know what? The children of Israel would have stayed in Egypt if God had not stirred their mess. And a new king, a new pharaoh who did not know Joseph, because the pharaoh who knew Joseph was crazy about it. Because Joseph had, had saved their nation from starvation by, by interpreting the dreams that pharaoh had. And that Pharaoh had extended to Joseph. Joseph had a power in Egypt that was only second, second to Pharaoh. He was in charge. He ran the show. And uh, Egypt was blessed. And God blessed Egypt so that they could be a blessing and, and nurture and sustain Israel. And Israel would have been comforted, comfortable. Israel would have been comfortable in Egypt if there had not arose a king who did not know Joseph. And uh, the king who did not know Joseph said, Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they join our enemies and fight against us. And uh, so go up out of the land. And that's when they set forth taskmasters to make it uncomfortable for the children of Israel uh, that uh, they begin to cry out, made them make brick without straw, made them work without being compensated. And it was, and, and, and so even though uh, the hand that was applying the whip, but behind the hand that was applying the whip, God was stirring their nest. Do y'all see what I'm talking about? And I wonder, does God do the same thing to some of you that he does to me when it's time to make a move? The challenge, the challenge of change, the challenge of change. Amen. And, and, and why does God want us to move? Well, he wants us to move out of our state of adequacy. He wants us to move out of our state of adequacy. This is enough. I don't need a whole lot. Uh, it's enough for me. You know, I don't want to have to try anymore. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be stretched. There's some of you that say, "Don't mess with me, Pastor." I don't want to be stretched. Don't, 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 don't ask me to do nothing. He wants to move us out of the area, out of the state of adequacy. Why? Uh, uh, why? Well, because you see, where we are, we got provisions in the nest. In the nest, everything is provided for the evil. And how many of you know it's easy to live off the labors of others? Any of y'all got relatives like that? 
kinfolk like that. They, 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 they got your pay, uh, uh, your payday down. They, they know when you get your check. And they're planning, they're planning their something list, and they're planning their, by your pay period, not theirs. Y'all quiet out there. Hallelujah. Easy to live off the labor of others. The provision in the nest. But like I said, when, 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 when God gets ready for us to move, sometimes he cuts off the provision. I thought about the prophet who uh, was by the stream during the time of famine. Again, some of my Bible students will know what I'm talking about. Uh, and God sustained him by the water that was in the brook, and, and there were ravens that brought him food. And the time came when the stream dried up, and the ravens stopped bringing him food. What was God telling him? Time to move. God had a will already prepared to sustain him. And, 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 and uh, let me make this application. Not only had God prepared a will to sustain him, but his movement, moving from the dried up brook and waiting on a raven that ain't going to come, by moving to where the will was, not only did God prepare her to supply him, but God prepared him to supply her. She was getting ready to die. Came and said, uh, can you get me a drink of water? And she said, all right, hospitality. In the Far East, hospitality is greatly uh, valued. She's going to get him some water. And then he said, and, 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 and can you, you know, Make me something to eat. Give me, give, give me a little something to eat. And, and, and she was trying to hold it together, and then she couldn't hold it together long. She said, I, I, I only got a handful of flour, a little bit of oil. I was getting ready to make our last meal for my, my son and myself, and we were going to die. And the prophet of God had the audacity to say, Can you make me one first? And what she found is when she began to make him one first, the meal didn't run out. The oil didn't run out. And she was able to make his and make hers and make her son and make more. And, and, and every day there was enough. Oh, give us this day, I dare to worry. Every day there was enough to sustain him. But what would have happened if the prophet hadn't moved when it was time to move? Hallelujah. God wants to move us out of the area of adequacy. And sometimes somebody else's survival is contingent on us being in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Talking about, we've been talking about the provision of the nest. Amen. Let's talk about the next one. 
the pride of the young. The pride of the young. See, young eaglets or baby eagles gain about a pound every five days. By the time they're six weeks old, they're almost full weight. Their wings are developed by eight weeks. And they feel, once their wings are developed, they begin to feel that they're, that they've grown up. They're almost as big as a parrot. The parents begin to bring live food and drop it in the nest for them to kill it. See, when they're small, the parents kill the, the, the food and bring them food that's already killed. When they get up to a certain age, now the parents drop live food there, live, and let them kill it in the nest. Talking about the pride of the young. Soon they begin to feel that they don't need anyone. But they're still in the nest. Oh, I look, look at what I keep. My beak is as sharp as my daddy's beak. My, my, my claws are as sharp as, oh, I'm, I'm like stuck. Now I'm killing the stuff. And feed myself in the nest. Talking about the pride of the young. And do you not know they actually begin to fight with their parents over the food that they bring? Still in the mess, the parents brought the food, and the parents say, okay, this is yours and, and, and this is going to be ours. No, I want it all. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 I want my and I want yours too. Talking about the pride of the young. Yeah. And the applications we can draw from that is it is usually immature individuals who think that they can handle the world alone. You know, you got these folks that think they can handle it all by themselves. Yourself. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 2, it says, I fed you with meat. I fed you with milk, rather, not solid food. For you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, and you are not of the flesh, behaving only in a human way. That's the English Standard Version. Uh, as mere men, the New King James says. You think you you think you're ready, but you're not. Hebrews five and twelve said, "When for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, and you have become and, and it goes a little further uh, there." And Hebrews is saying, "You become uh, such as have need of milk and not strong meat." You see, even though the eagles have gained weight and, 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 and wingspan and, and they're growing, but they are not mature. Yeah. 
Maturity recognizes that uh, we are not sufficient alone for the challenges ahead. You're going to need somebody. Amen. I, I, I don't care how you grown up. I don't care, amen, uh, what you think you got. You're going to need somebody. We all are going to need somebody. And and Second uh, Corinthians 2.16 said, and who is sufficient for these things? It is often through failure that we are humble and through humility that we succeed. First Peter 5 and 5 says, be clothed with humility, for God resisted the pride and give a grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. We're talking about the pride of the young. And, and, and I've seen it happen so many times. In organizations sometimes, churches and families. Where the young will, 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 will begin to grow and begin to feel their weak. You know, they're, they're, they're feel their oaks and think that I can handle it. And, and, and uh, you know, there have been individuals, and I thank God that, you know, they came out of it and uh, God helped them. But there have been individuals that some of us prayed them through. Yeah. Some of us were there with them uh, when God filled them with the Holy Spirit. Some of us were there with them to uh, do outreach and to uh, help them come to Christ. They, they, they didn't know Christ until God used us to help them to come to Christ. And some of the same individuals that God used us to help birth them into Christ. They began to get a little bit of growth and a little bit of weight on them. And then all of a sudden they think they know more than you do. And think that they're going to tell you what to do. I've seen it happen. Fight you. For the food is too broad. I've seen it happen. Where's my pork top at? Now there was a pork top in there. That had my name on it. Where is it at? Talking about the pride of the youth. How many, what, what does the Bible say about pride? Pride go of what? Before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. We're talking about as the eagle stirs his nest. You all get anything out of this in that Hallelujah. The stirring of God. The stirring of God. You see, when God begins to stir our nets, the stirrings of God happen because they are preparation for flight. He's preparing us to fly. The mother stops bringing food to the nest. For the young eagle, when the, when, when the stirring starts, you're going to fight me over what I bring? It's time for you to feed yourself. 
and she will fly with food just out of the reach of the eagles, forcing them to jump up and to stretch their wings. It's during this time that uh, the eaglets will lose a lot of baby fat during this time. And the eaglet is wondering, why is mama being mean to me? And why is she covering with the food just out of my reach and, and, and making me have to jump and, 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 and exercise and I'm losing baby fat? Some of, some of the stuff that people think is weight is baby fat. No, what he thinks is going to kill him is actually preparing him to fly. Hallelujah. Preparation for the flight. And when God begins to stir our nets, we get anxious and upset and, because things aren't going on the way that they used to. And then we become used to a routine and God is changing in our routine. We're talking about separation from the nest. Eventually, the eagle's hunger drives him to the edge of the nest where he spreads out his wings and catches the wind and glides down to find his own food. He fails to find anything at first and overcome with weakness. He comes to a rough landing. Now, before that, in the scripture that we read, uh, in Deuteronomy 32 and 11, where it says, like an eagle stirs his nets, he flutters over his young, flutter over him, you know, the, the food. Make him jump up and down. Spread his wings and catching them and bearing them on its pinions. English Standard Version says pinion. Pinion is a portion of the eagle's wing. And eventually what the what the what the uh, fighter does, the, the male eagle does, is he'll get one of the eaglets as they mature and take them up on his back. And that he will be riding on the back of his dad. And he'll take them up so high, and then he'll come out from under him and let him fall. And natural instinct takes over as he's falling and tumbling and falling and tumbling and falling. He'll start knocking his wings. He'll start flapping his wings. And that 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 uh, parent, that eagle, will uh, observe him tumble and fall and flap, and as he gets so far down, that eagle will swoop down and catch him. Hallelujah! He's watching over it. And just when that young eagle thinks he's about to perish, 
swoops down and catches it. But it is part of the process. Somebody say that with me. It's part of the process. Don't feel good. In fact, it's downright scary. But the difference between a chicken and an eagle is a chicken doesn't you know, they can glide maybe for a little short distance, but a chicken is stuck on the ground and an eagle was made to fly. So what seems in the eyes of the uh, eagle to be mean, they treat me bad, they treat me bad. No, they're getting you ready to fly. Dedication of a parent. Parents are watching. And when the young eagle has exhausted himself, they drop food at his feet and reward him for his efforts. He's not going to get it right the first time. That, that's some of you that are discouraged from doing stuff because you're afraid to fail. I might not get it right. I might not do it right. I just ain't going to do nothing. Grow up. Failure is part of the process. But failure is not final. There are individuals who are stuck because they made a mistake. You made a mistake, okay. But amen, don't, 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 don't build a nest by when you made a mistake. Get up. You were made to fly. How about the stirrings of God? What you're calling uh, the devil was attacking me, the devil was doing this, the devil was doing that. Amen. God might be using the devil, but what, what you meant for evil, God means it for good. He's getting you ready to fly. And he's watching over you. And when you make the effort and even sometimes fail, God still feeds you. When you make the effort and sometimes you even fail, God still feeds you. Some people get it wrong. They get it twisted. They know they're doing wrong. And God feeds them. And they think, I can do wrong and God feeds me. Not so. Amen. We have this liberty, but we don't want to turn the liberty we have in Christ to life. Just because God don't blow the boom on you every time you do something, just because God doesn't lower the boom on you, and put me some more batteries up here. Just because God doesn't lower the boom on you every time yeah. doesn't mean that you can get away with keep doing what you're doing. He's preparing you to fly. Hallelujah. He's dedicated. 
He loves you with a love that will not let you go. Parents are watching. And when the young eagle has exhausted himself, they drop food at his feet to reward his effort. And then they teach him how to take off from the ground and how to hunt. You see, there's a different strategy when you up high and the winds are blowing and you can catch a thermal and just ride the thermal. But there's a different strategy when you're down on the ground and the winds aren't blowing and you're not able to catch a thermal. And, 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 and you got it's a certain way you got to do to take off from the ground. God is with us when we up. And, and when we up on mountain, and God is with us when we in the valley. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He's God in the valley. Just like he's God in the mountain. I will lift my eyes unto the hill. From whence cometh my help. My help come from the Lord. Now, I remember the children of Israel, they were in a, bat, a, a battle one time. And uh, they were battling an enemy. And I, I forget, I don't know if they were on the mountains or in the battle, where they were. I think they were on the mountains, maybe. And, and God gave them the victory on the mountains. Or I, I might have it reversed. Uh, but anyway, God gave them the victory. And the enemy said, Their God is the God of the mountains. And so, I know what we'll do to run together, we'll catch them in the valley. And, and because that God is the God of the mountain, we catch them in the valley, we're going we're gonna to tear them up. Do you know what they found out? When God is with you, amen, he's with you on the mountain, he'll be with you in the valley. And they cannot defeat him in the valley. Hallelujah. Dedication of the parents. That, 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 and, and I'm almost done, but that's one thing that we need to understand. God loves us with a love that will not let us go. And sometimes the enemy likes to hold up a mirror and tell you how bad you are, how much you've done, how much you've failed, and, and, and make you think that God ain't going to do nothing for you. You don't deserve it. But oh, I, I love it. Society so says, amen. Even when we are faithless, yeah. he is faithful. Yeah. Yeah. He's still faithful. Yeah. My God. And don't let the enemy talk you out of your birthright. You see, the, to fly is the birthright of the eagle. My God. The application, amen. Many of our hard times are slim, simply life preparations. We're not called to succeed, but we've been called to obey. Therefore, our failures never need to be final. Faith does not grow through comfort, 
but it grows through Christ. And this last point, I'm talking about the dedication of the parent, and, and, and the parent is God. God is our parent. And this last point that I want to get into, or this last uh, application that I want to make, is that God is waiting just beyond our obedience to bless us and take us to the next phase. I want you to repeat that after me. I didn't put it on the screen, but I want you to repeat it after me. God is waiting beyond our obedience to bless us and take us to the next phase. Hallelujah. 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 He's waiting. What is God waiting on? He's waiting on us to, to do what he told us to do. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. He knows our frame. He knows we're weak. But if God asks you to do something, he's already put in you the ability to do it. I remember when I was growing up here in East St. Louis, this area not far from here, uh, we lived on a street called Division. Uh, that street is almost taken up. There's a, there's a church in the grounds of the church over there, 15th of Division, uh, where we stayed. And uh, there, were, there, there were a group of, there was a family that was down, uh, I almost don't really want to call it a street, it almost looks like an alley. But there was a family that lived down the street uh, between where my house was and the store where I go to get my penny candy. And my mom had gave me money to get some candy for myself and my sisters and brothers. And in order to get to the store, I had to pass by their house. Y'all know what I mean? <laughs> And this particular house, they had a lot of kids, a lot of bad kids, <laughs> a lot of baby's kids, a lot of bullets. And so they sent me to go to the store. And as I'm going, I got to pass by their house. They saw me coming. They knew where I was going. They knew he going to the store. He got money. And so Baby's kids came out and surrounded me. What are you doing? Where are you going? What you got? And I was, y'all, do y'all hear me? I was surrounded. And they had me surrounded. I was outnumbered. And they went in my pockets and took the money out of my pockets. And, and, and threatened that they were going to hurt me. And I went back home. And I started tuning up before I got on the porch. Trying to make the saddest face I could make. And, and, and my dad was there. My mom was there. They, what happened to you? They took my money. They surrounded me. They, they, they. 
my dad got up. And there was a look on his face. And I knew I had not tuned up enough. <laughs> and he got a belt out. And he started beating me with that belt. And, and when they beat you and talk to you, anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and as he was beating me with the belt and talking to me, he said, who you going to whoop? You going to whoop me or you going to whoop them? And, 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 and into that, and, it was, and I said, I'm going to whoop them. I'm going to whoop them. I'm going to whoop them. I wanted him to stop. I'm a one So my preparation for the flight. And my dad said, go back down there. And you better get it. And you talk about sniffling and crying. He's kicking me out the nest. And I'm going down there, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I am going to get killed today. I can't go back home. And when I get there, they're going to kill me. And you talk about a long walk. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of And when I got down there, and they were playing in the yard, and they saw me coming. And they all stopped. And I walked up to, not the biggest one, but I walked up to one of them that I could find and said, y'all better not do me like that again. And I hit him a couple times, and he just looked like this. And I was waiting on the, the, the boom to drop. But nothing ever happened. And when I turned and looked around, my dad was standing there. And they weren't looking at me. They were looking at him. And they knew that they better not mess with me because he had my back. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? God does not ask you to do what you cannot do without backing you up. And God is waiting. God is waiting just beyond our obedience to bless us and take us to the next phase. I'm talking about when the evil begins to stir his mess. Would you stand on your feet? Did you get anything out of that today? Is somebody, amen, is your next thing stirred? Amen. Are you feeling it? Amen. Kind of hard to rest? Not able to get comfortable where you are? It's time to get prepared to move. Oh my God. Let's go back.